to Glad You're Here and HappyProductions.live. And guess what? I am live with the, uh, I was going to say the one, the only, but there's two of you, with the Scarlet Goodbye, Jeff and Dan. How are you two doing today? Super good. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Grant. In your very luxurious, rather odd studio. <laughs> you know, I, I keep telling people, we're in the Taekwondo studio, right? And, you know, I was hoping Not that- Not kidding, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was hoping after coming here for six months, I would get a black belt or something just by association. Apparently, you still got to put in the work. So I got, I got nothing. Yeah. I got no Taekwondo. St- also, some kind of vintage threads around in like kind of Danish modern furniture. It seems like it's kind of a multitasker <laughs> yeah. type place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. The, the the threads come from the thrift shop. The uh, the Danish modern furniture that is a that is a very descriptive term, but uh, I don't have an explanation for that one. I, it's just our taste, I guess. Yeah, it's someone's commode. Let's just say, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> well, thank you both of you for for coming up here, making the trek up to the Taekwondo studio to talk about the new record. Hope's Eternal, which you guys released, what was this, back in, was it January, February? March, actually, March 24th. March 24th. Fresh. It is fresh. Yeah. Wow. See? We decided that we wanted to do vinyl, which is kind of a thing to do, but there's, I'm office at Noiseland, and they have, like, a record plan in France. Yeah. uh, four day, I don't know what it is, but we decided to delay it just for the prospect of having vinyl available, because I think that's kind of cool, you know? Yeah, good Good, good move. So you got the vinyl in hand now. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, we do. We sold a few. Nice. Yeah, they've they've got them. And uh, so you did it. Did it through Noiseland. No delays or anything on the vinyl. Everything mm-hmm. went smooth. Yeah. yeah, it went good. I mean, we yeah. Originally, it was going to come out a year ago. You know, it's like show business. Then yeah. three months later, but I think we waited until everything was in place. And um, yeah, we had a little record release party. We played at the Ice House and. Um, premiered a video that we had shot and it was well attended and it seems like it's been going okay it's been kind of fun it's, i haven't done this in a while but it's nice to kind of get back there and talk to folks about what it is you spent the more majority of your life doing you know i i believe it which speaking of what your majority of your life has been very interesting for both of you but if we start at the most recent thing like how did how did the scarlet goodbye come about you guys mentioned off air you guys kind of met by accident what was the story there well dan had moved on down to Main Street where I own this restaurant, Hefe. And I got introduced to Dan one night by this other musician. and Who was it? Tom Peterson. Oh, yeah. And he was a bass player. And I had heard, of course, the Soul Asylum and everything. But I had, I'm a singer-songwriter guy, sensitive guy. And I wasn't an indie rock guy, really. And so, and Lord knows, those guys weren't singer-songwriter guys, really, those Soul Asylum boys. We had our tender moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we hadn't ever met for 30 years, and we met down there and started talking. And I invited Dan to come to my house for a Christmas party where I have a studio, and I <clears throat> brought him up and played him some stuff that I'd been doing in that studio. And I will never forget he got very wistful you know there's a you sit like you're sitting grant kind of at the mixer with the speakers and i'm got a song playing that a guy brian white a famous country guy had worked on with me and dan kind of tipped his head forward and said huh i really miss this yeah it was a beautiful i didn't at the time i didn't know that you had written it but it was like kind of country fair but like the, the second second line in the the verse was just like totally like this Roy Orbison like just huge and I was like wow I was just like I was like you know he starts off and you go oh it's gonna be a little country song and then like that happened I was like holy yeah but I had no idea at the time that you had written that yeah you told me you'd record it with someone so and I was kind of looking around you know it's a nice attic you know and I was like, kind of thinking to myself, there's no way they could have recorded this up here. It sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I agreed. We started talking about it and like maybe writing a song together. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, if we ever like got on to something, you know, I know people at Flower Record, we could just record in a real studio. Yep. And I was very pleasantly surprised that um, Jeff had that really under control. He had great musicians that I'd never even met that played on this the stuff and like immediately it seemed like it kind of gelled and we spent the whole portion of the pandemic kind of as a little pod of people that were safe with each other and what else was there to do it was like really 
I think sometimes things happen for a reason, and that was the reason because that was a really hard two or three years for everybody, you know? Yeah, uh, uh, for sure. And, you know, the the bright spot is that we get art like this that comes out of it. Yeah. You know, is is things of this nature. So, so Jeff pulls you out of retirement, right? This, <laughs> to, I would to, say... Uh, Dan tiptoed. Not, <laughs> there, there was not a thrust. It wasn't like a guy water skiing. Yeah. He kind of tiptoed forward, but, and there was some great fun there because Dan hadn't played in a long time. And we started making these songs, which seemed to catch us both, maybe A, by surprise, and then B, catch our interest right away. And we had made six at one point, and we thought, well, we have an EP. You yeah. know, this is great. And we were talking to this label about it, and they said, no, you need to have this full record. We don't do EPs. Yeah, we no. don't do So then we went back and did more, and that was great because the best songs we did, I think we both think, were the last ones. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing kind of went from there, and we got a record company in Nashville that said they would release it, and everything kind of stampeded from there. And writing's weird because, you know, in Soul Asylum... Sometimes I'd have a good part of my song that Dave would say, oh, I like that part better than mine, and we'd combine songs. We never sat down and wrote together ever. Yeah. And in the smog, I did it, but, like, Jeff and I sat down and wrote a whole yeah. record together, yeah. you know, like, yeah. probably yeah. hundreds of hours, don't you think? Well, and interesting, too, because my tendency would be to little be a little more narrative and storytelling, and Dan's would be a little more ethereal, and so it's a cool mix if you really listen to the lyrics. It's got a narrative to it but in an ethereal way which is the beautiful part of the mashup and then also it's got this weird musical journey that's you know it's part stonesy rock it's part kind of sensitive and and even with these beautiful arrangements with strings and everything else so the mashup was complete and it got christened the most unusual mashup in minnesota music (laughs) history which, I don't think there's one time that we sat there and said, like, you know, what are we doing right or what are we doing wrong? We just, like, plowed forward. Yeah, you know, it's I like, it. oh, yeah, I got yeah. this idea. And you're like, you know, and we have such a different um, headspace of how we hear things. It's interesting, you know? Yeah. Well, it, like you said, you're coming from two different spot, spots. Also, record title or song title, Stonesy and Sensitive. I don't know if there's something there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Stonesy and Sensitive. Stonesy and it's sensitive. both. And some songs Wait. are both. Not yeah. only songs. Bummer or Poet. <laughs> like we were recording Paris, the first song yeah. that we wrote together, and it's got this transition in it that does get Stonesy, right? Yep. And it was a great mashup of like, well, there it is. There's the whole transition from this thing that becomes this other thing. And that it, was... It's a little bit more like uh, um, Who. It's a little bit pinball wizardy at that little thing. But it's very mm-hmm. Stonesy. But yeah, like our drummer who I'd never met, and that's the first track we played together. He's like, oh, I get this. Like you kind of start off like you're playing some stuff. And then all of a sudden you like, you turn it like you're playing with the Rolling Stones. That's yeah. fun. You know, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, he loved it. It was also odd because I've only played with a very small, um, group of musicians in both of my bands. And so this is like my third band I've ever been in in my cool. life. And it was, I was like, oh, I should get my people in here if we're going to record this track. And just like, I got some people. And I was maybe a little bit skeptical initially, but these guys came up who I never met, which is really weird. Wild. And nailed it pretty much, you know. It was just like it seems like we probably recorded the first two songs we did, in, you know, three or four hours, Jeez. and we were able to keep most of the guitars and bass and not like just start over with the track. So yeah, it was kind of how I envisioned records might go in the early days when I was very ambitious, but I didn't have the technical aptitude to make that happen and play a guitar that was in tune and stuff, you know? <laughs> for for sure. It's it's one of those things that comes with time, tuning, yes. tuning guitars, right? Well, uh, not jumping up and no. down and just sitting and being calm and playing something that's beautiful rather than like, this is a take. And just like, I don't know. I think when you're young, you probably have more ambition than you have like fortitude to do what you need to do you know it it makes sense well and, and you guys it, it, it is really a perfect mixture because you created this this cool sound in this record that doesn't sound it doesn't sound exactly like anything else like we were even talking about like was it the pinball wizard or is it stonesy right like it, it yeah. sits in this nice niche lane of 
comfortable or like mm-hmm. familiar, yeah. but not overly yeah. comfortable. You, yeah, you know right. what I mean? So it's really nice and it, it kind of drives you along throughout the record. I really enjoyed that when I was Thank you. when I was listening through to it. And w- one thing I was curious about, you guys kind of alluded to it earlier, was the was the writing process for these songs. So I know you said you wrote them together, but was that kind of like, hey, I got a scrap of ideas and I got a scrap of ideas and like, let's see kind of how this puzzle fits together. How did, how did that kind of happen? Yeah, I think that is what, you know, I'd have an idea, Dan would have an idea, he'd bring an idea, we'd work on that, I'd bring an idea, we'd work on that, right, Dan? I think some some songs are more Jeff's and some are more mine, and um, we combined a couple of, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, everyone was, like, the first thing we wrote was Paris, and I told him a funny story that I'm not going to tell on air about the situation, and we started writing it, and, like, the third chord of the song is something that's kind of wrong and off and I thought it was really cool and Jeff's like I would have never thought of that you know and so it just kind of created this like oh, yeah. like kind of dialogue that was interesting to me because it was like like if we at this figure this figure this like, let's make the third chord really odd yeah and then, so I don't know it just it was pretty it's funny we've been writing um, some new stuff because we want to keep moving because my experience in the music business if you have a record and it comes out they're going to want you to make another record pretty quick and you're not going to have any material together. So I was yeah. like, God, we should just keep writing and keep going. So now, like, Jeff and I have this expression. He goes, yeah, it sounds like the Scarlet Goodbye. It's like this new thing. No, it know? is. There's a thing, you know, yeah. like, oh, that's the Scarlet Goodbye. There they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Like you, when you... It's greater than the sum of its parts, for lack of a better yeah. phrase, and it's, right? And it's from all over. Like, it can be like, you know, but we're like, God, we're starting to kind of get an identity, I think, which is really interesting, you know? Yeah, well, even some of the reviews, I don't know if you've seen them, Grant, but, you know, they'll say, you know, it's a, a little Britpop, it's a little Beatly, it's a little... There are familiar things that could dragged into this other thing that's not normal. Yeah. And however that worked is the intangible. Right, it, it, so that's the thing. It, you know? it, when it, I'm involved it, in a project, I like I really don't listen to a lot of music. I mean, uh, get yeah. really consumed with writing and stuff. And I don't know. I think you dropped a few names that I am not familiar with before we went out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just saying, but like Beatles, <laughs> yeah, meet beat, yeah. But it's like it's just funny because like when you're in the zone and you're writing and we're writing together, I think we really, God, we didn't have any conversations about. Let's do a holiday. We just just did it. We didn't really. Yeah, we really didn't like try to purposely make something stonesy and just like, oh, here's a part, and then you'd hear it, and it would sound like that to you instinctively, and you'd kind of build on that. But yeah, it was kind of. I don't know. It was very. I don't know if it'll ever happen again, but it was. It was pretty kind of effortless in a way. Yeah, it's well, and it can, it comes through on the record. It's pure and not overthought and overcooked, mm-hmm. right? Like all, all the songs are exactly what they need to be. Uh, and and kind of with that said, like I've, we've been we've been talking about this record for a while. Might be a good time to kind of show the people what oh, yeah. uh, what these sounds might sound like if you get if you uh, if you guys want to play a song for the folks out there. Yeah, this is a third third song we recorded actually, right? Yeah, and you know I always love that song "Ode to Billy Joe." This old 60s song, this mysterious tune, and they threw the flowers off the bridge into the water and everything, and and always kind of fascinated me, and this is our take on a similar, like, macabre, mysterious story, surprised. That's how she seemed to me. And so the lyric is open to interpretation to some it's degree. Dark, right? No yeah, doubt about yeah. that. So, and we're going to play the campfire version of it which is the two acoustic guitars i I love it all right dan hasn't played acoustic since ninth grade at the talent show but he's going to do it tonight (laughs) and i finished last so (laughs) there's that Uh, well we we appreciate it dan Disguise didn't make a 
gentlemen if this was a talent show i think you guys would win that felt pretty great surprised cool. by the scarlet goodbye so i i know you kind of said where that song came from uh but i am curious uh what's your theory on ode to billy joe what do you think happened to billy joe? you know i love you ask that question grant because i don't know what yeah. i just <laughs> know the tallahassee bridge well, yeah, right? the, the whole, i was whatever 10 years old and it, that if music is going to hit you, you know, and different music hits different people, but I, I'm listening on an AM radio. I'm listening to Bobby Gentry sing that. They're talking about the Black Eyed Peas and lunch and then the river and then the flowers into the water. And it created this mental picture, right? Yeah. Even though you could add up the words and not necessarily know what's going on, but it created this feeling in my head that I really loved. But you asked the question, like, well, what happened? And I could tell you, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know. It's, it's almost like I almost don't know what surprised means either. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, that's that's kind of what's cool about it. Yeah. And it's it's also, I, I don't know how to, how to describe this, but um, it's kind of one of the cool things about the Scarlet Goodbye. Like you mentioned, there's that narrative style, but it's not so... It's it's a lot of showing and painting the picture yeah. and not a lot of telling yeah. of the of the story yeah. in these in these types yeah. of songs, which is really cool. Yeah. You're left to fill in the blanks. Yeah. It's kind of an economy of words, actually. There's yeah, a couple, you know that. And yeah, I mean, Jeff alluded to this term, but we'd be sitting there writing. He's like, "Why is this guy feeling this way?" And and I'm like, "I don't want to sing words that I don't want to have to have to sing on tour every night." So I, like for me, it's important to like say something you believe in enough because we should yep. tour all the time. So like if you had like a really throwaway line. And you have to sing it every night. Like, what's worse than that, you know? Right. Yeah. That's so, yeah, I think it was kind of, we create these characters. And, like, Jeff was very helpful as a producer. I've never really, I, in the smog, I was comfortable. But, I, like, in Soul Asylum, it w wasn't as much Dave saying. But, like, the record company's like, Dave's a singer, you know? And people had a pretty short leash with me. So I, it was nice to sit there in a chair and, like, 
sing these songs and Jeff to say, well, this guy is like, he doesn't need to push it so hard here and he's believable when he saw it. So it was like a very good vocal coach and it was great to work with someone producing the record that I actually like bought into and I was like, yeah, it was very relaxing and not yeah. stressful. So yeah. it's a real different feeling. You're in a studio in LA and you've got a guy, let's get Dave in to sing it, you know, and it's like, dude, man, I've, I've been on the mic for five minutes, you know? Right. How do you know I'm not going to heat up? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just getting into the groove yeah. here, you know. Yeah. How much? How much has the uh, the process of making records changed? I mean, obviously, there's that difference of like doing it with the record label over your shoulder, yeah. and then doing it independently. But just over the time you've been doing this, how has it changed? Oh man, what a question! Yeah. God, for da- for Dan and I both, you know, I mean, this thing started as you're recording on analog tape, and you got to buy this tape, and the process was super you know, limited to these things, right? The studio, the tape machine, the mics. And now with the technology, I mean, you can almost go too far. And we didn't do that probably because we're the age we are. We, We cut most of the songs, if not all of them, with no click track. We, nice. you know, we captured as much live stuff as we could because it always feels better. Yeah. And there, you can go into Good musicians thing. in the band, too. Yeah. The rhythm section is great, yeah. You can go into these things today and manufacture any number of things. We didn't do that. And it was old school in that way. But, man, it's changed a lot, you know. It's amazing how of, easy it is to capture yeah. a good performance in a room with people that are feeling it because yeah. it's like... You know, it, it. I mean, the first record I made after the solo sign was successful. We went down to um, Criteria in Miami. We made a record that was called um, "Candy from a Stranger" with Chris Kimsey, who like engineered Sticky Fingers and he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. And we had an A and R guy who's probably still around. His name was Tim Divine, and he was bugging us so much. I told him we were going to call our record Divine Intervention, and he th- he thought that was great. He was like, you know, that's where these, I mean, that was a power that they wielded, you know? Yeah. They, He's like, we're going to call the record Divine, he's like, that's genius, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, that's, that's a different time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's, uh, there was a, there was a show a couple years back on HBO with like a 70s A&R guy, I don't remember the name of it. Uh, what, oh, I know, the, it was Bobby C- Cavalli, it was, yeah. uh, it had one season. Yep. Was also Mike show. Myers in that Queen movie was the A and R guy. No, yeah. I don't. I don't hear it. You know, yeah, yeah. right. The one you're talking about, Grant, was great. They was, they didn't give him a second season. I can't think because Jagger's kid was the lead. Exactly. Band guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was that was a good one. And nasty bits. Was <laughs> the name. Yeah. yeah, the band Nasty mm-hmm. Bits. That's what I think of when I think of you know A and R guys from like you know the perspective of someone who hasn't dealt with them, right? So mm-hmm. the fact that they live up to the expectations is uh, bittersweet, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it was a powerful thing, and I think you know like when something like in my world like something like Nirvana happens. I mean, I the record was called Nevermind, which is a replacement song, and I said it sounded like better than the replacements, but it's the same production, you know, yeah. like. And it was kind of cyclical, but then every record label gets started or continues to find the next Nirvana, and that's like you know Candlebox or Silver Chair or whatever the hell it is. But it's just like it's just like the Wolves, you know. Yep. Yeah. They 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 start to they smell the they smell blood in the water. Yeah. That's that's what it is. Wherever wherever they're going to find the money and they can get it. And that's that's one of the nice things I think now about making music is that you're able to do it on more of an independent basis, and you don't have to rely on these large conglomerates yeah. as much as oh, you yeah. used to. Hundred percent. You can still get it out. I mean, it's still it's still kind of a dogfight, right? Like there's still mm. there's still that aspect, but at least you're in control, and you don't have that A and R man down breathing down your back. I totally agree, but I don't see any kind of a way for a band to even make a semblance of a living. Because there's like no middle class, there's no lower class. Either like everybody knows who you are, or you have 1,100 followers on Instagram. Yeah, that's yeah. It's it's a it's a hard it's a hard game unless you're. Mm You know, there there are bands that are doing like the local circuit. This is this is my theory, and you can you can tell me that it's it's wrong. It won't hurt my feelings. But my theory is that there's something about the local music that's coming back because it's become so expensive to tour now. Yeah. That if you can do a five state area where you don't burn as much gas and money on transportation and lodging, 
you can make a little bit of a profit doing that and it's you know maybe you only need 5,000 Instagram followers to play that game yeah right definitely yeah so it's it's a little bit different uh, but well, when you're in your 20s and you're early, you're humbler as well and you're like yeah. what what constitutes a successful evening is less you know that's true there was 40 people there but only 30 left <laughs> 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 you know, and that's that was a win when you're 22 years old. You know, <laughs> shit, that's still a win. And, and you're man. in Tucson somewhere, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at a steakhouse. At a steakhouse, <laughs> yeah, competing with the Super Bowl in the background. Uh, oh man, well, we got to take a second and thank some sponsors. We'll be right. we'll be right back with uh, Scarlet Goodbye, Dan and Jeff here. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Cool, thank All you. Right. Yeah, thanks, guys. Glad you're here. Northridge Winery presents an Americana Mother's Day wine tasting and brunch featuring old-time musicians Rena and AJ, founding members of the band Steam Machine, and coming all the way from Akron, Ohio to hand down stories and music through folk and blues, Americana musician Ben Gage. I'm gonna walk downtown, walk it on. Seating for this very special and memorable Mother's Day experience is extremely limited, so go to Northridge Winery to reserve your seats today or stop by in person for a little pre-sampling satisfaction. NorthridgeWinery.com Gonna walk downtown, my lucky it is south, so I'm gonna walk, 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 walk. Real Estate by Megs is real estate done right from start to finish. This is Jarrah, and I don't know much about the real estate market or whether it's a good time or bad time to buy or sell, but I do know life happens and waiting to buy or sell might not be an option for you regardless of the market. I also know firsthand that when you work with Megs, no matter your situation, you're going to get the best possible outcome. She's smart, professional, knowledgeable, talented, and has even won the nationally recognized Realtor Magazine's Top 30 Agents Under 30. But most of all, she's great because she cares. Real Estate by Megs, commercial, residential, lake property and rentals in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Realestatebymegs.com. That's Megs with a Z. Realestatebymegs.com. Hey folks, Wayne Randall here. Catch your favorite classic country songs every Thursday night, 6 to 10, right here and only here on happyproductions.live. <laughs> Welcome back to Glad You're Here and HappyProductions.Live. We are live with the one, the only, Daniel Murphy, and the one, the only, Jeff Arendelle. Jeff, did I say your name right? That's the best it's ever been said, actually, <laughs> in 34 years. Grant, that was unbelievable. Oh, Jeff, I, I thrive for compliments like that. I'll take it. <laughs> Match point our noodle, <clears throat> Our noodle was the worst. Ooh. Jeff, our noodle. Our noodle. That was bad. Yeah, that's a bad Happened. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't uh, didn't do our noodle. So good. Uh, well, we're we're back with with Jeff and Dan. The Scarlet Goodbye new record is out. Hope's eternal. You can get it at uh, at their website. You can get the vinyl, which is pressed, ready to go. And uh, why don't I pass Electric it off? Fetus has it too. I think we did an in store there. Yeah, it's in in all the kind of record stores, Love actually, it. CDs and vinyl, and you can stream it on all the platforms. Nice. This is uh this is the point where I uh, I get on my high horse before you guys play a, play a song for us and the high horse isn't for you because I have I have not, no leg to stand on there but it's for the listeners uh, so anybody out there who wants to support the Scarlet Goodbye if you listen to the show you've heard me give this spiel before it's cool to stream the music it's a good place to find it however Spotify pays out. Point zero 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 five cents every time you play it. So the best way to support bands like the Scarlet Goodbye and make sure that we have good art in our community is to go to the shows and to buy the album in a physical form or the merch, whatever that is. I will take the horse back out to water and I will pass the microphone back to Jeff and Dan. Let them Beautiful. let them play a song here. So this is muted. I think this mic. Oh, it's on now. I, on now. Yeah, it should be. All right. <clears throat> this one needs no introduction. <laughs> Two. Three, four.
my broken, I don't wanna cry Feel for the switch inside my heart Puts these tears into my eyes And you tell me of a station But you can't explain These fleeting thoughts Throwing darts at moving trains Sing to me in harmonies An orchestra that plays for me Talk about the centuries. Twenty-one years ago, we felt so old. But I don't think that this is how it was supposed to be. You felt sick, and I can't catch a cold. Sing to me. song gentlemen where where did that one come from what was the impetus for minor things my mother died in september uh after having alzheimer's for 11 years i'm sorry to hear that no it's 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 like it's 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 therapeutic to sing that yeah i uh i believe it well rest in peace to your mom um and once once again you're able to uh, to create create some great great art yeah. from from tragedy well the crazy thing is like when she was you know she was in memory care and like kind of be blank and i'd bring my guitar and start playing and she'd like you know conduct the orchestra and she was like this is a part of your brain that wasn't diminished at that point so like it was a connection i had with her and um i mean jeff i was like i wrote another song he's like we don't need another song and i just like i just I felt the only time in my life I've ever written a song where I'd sit there with a pen and the words would just appear on the, the piece of paper in front of me. It had yep. nothing to do with me. Yeah. It was so weird. I like it was just I was out of body kinda, you know. Yeah, you're just you're just a vessel for that yeah, for that moment. Like, yeah, Grant has a song about the emotion of dementia. It's just the greatest song. Yeah. We have another friend too that collided yeah. with this 
great yeah, band. Tell them about yeah, that's yeah really from interesting. the from the eighties. Great band, Limited Warranty, one of the famous Twin Cities bands, and a lead singer, Dale Goulette, a good friend of mine and a, a friend of Dan's. We didn't know it at the time, and Dale has early dementia. He's only sixty, but he's got early dementia. But yeah. when we started recording, I'd bring Dale over to the studio, and he'd be there, and I think it made for Dan this weird like he's dealing with his mom over here and now here's Dale who you know was yeah. the all time rock star poster boy and he basically almost, he was in you know memory care at that point and yeah. I think both those things together created this and Jeff was kind enough to be his power of attorney and had to make like life decisions wow. for him And um, but I remember like the first no, the second session we had over there, like Dale came by yeah. and he was, you know, you could say, Dale, where do you live? And he's like, over there, you know? <laughs> yeah. So he was like trying to keep it together. But I remember we were recording Rosary and he was like, so, and it was like just such a vibe. I was sitting there just kind of watching, like totally just be immersed. Because yeah. I mean, he, he was in this band Limited Warranty and there was a thing before The Voice, it was Star Search and they like won, I don't know. They won it. A million oh. times. Yeah, they, they won got a record Star deal. Search. Yeah. yeah. So, but I knew him. I hadn't seen him in a long time and I feel like, um, yeah, actually threw out a verse that I thought was pedestrian that was about limited warranty in that song. I'm kind of glad. I mean, mm-hmm. It wasn't pedestrian, but it wasn't. It was like I was trying to add it on, you know. Yeah, it com- comes back to the economy of words thing that you were yeah. talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it, it's it's a powerful song because even without even without knowing that story, like mm-hmm. there was an emotion conveyed mm-hmm. throughout because. Alzheimer's dementia. I mean, they're a son yeah. of a bitch. They like. Yeah, my mother was one of nineteen children. She grew up in Nopeming, Minnesota, right outside of Duluth. She divorced my dad when I was nine. She moved to Minneapolis with three kids and got a PhD in psychology. Wow, what a as woman. a single mom in the seventies. Yeah, what a woman. Yeah, that's an ass kicking right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk, talk about it. Yeah, man. Oh, that is that is a lot. That is. I, I'm I'm sorry I'm I'm at a loss for words no. here, but it's yeah. I'm I'm just so glad that you were able to to give that that gift to her in a way of mm-hmm. of creating that because it's there's that thing where people always think that like oh great pain makes great art, but I think mm-hmm. what happens is you create great art in spite of great pain. Right? Yeah, I, mean, like, I, I don't know if it's great. I, the first few times we tried to play it, I couldn't even play it. I just start crying, but I'm getting better with it now. You know, it's yeah. Just, yeah, it's just it's raw, you know. <laughs> raw, raw is the perfect word, and it. Uh, and Jeff will tell you this, but I was like out of my friggin' mind, and I made. I didn't make, but I said I want to sing this in your bathtub. So we set up a microphone oh, yeah. in your bathtub, and I was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I had clothes on, but you yeah. know. <laughs> well, I mean, Soul Asylum wasn't the most vulnerable band ever to play, and I think this is such an incredibly vulnerable song. It's been fun to watch Dan be vulnerable, you know, which is yeah. the hallmark of the singer-songwriter genre. But you know, I. Dan used to disqualify this a little bit when we started playing it because he'd say, here's the feel-good song of the summer before we play it. <laughs> and at least he doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you got to let it hit, you yeah. know, and then you got to let people be uncomfortable afterwards because that's the emotional... We played this little moment. coffee shop up by Jeff Has a Cabin up north, and it was it was actually really fun. I thought the band really gelled. It was Jeff and I and Pat Frederick who played keyboards, or he played violin with us that night. And I played this song, and I don't think I went into a big spiel about it was. Kind of looked at this table of, like, three older women, and they're all crying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the table right in front. They were, like, all over, like, weeping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's power, man. That's, that's uh, rock power right ex- there. Exactly. So I think I flicked a tear on him. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I'm getting here is, Jeff, you were kind of the Rick Rubin of this project to his Johnny Cash. Yeah. That was, yeah. There was a little bit yeah. of that, like, pulling... Pulling out. Well, underneath. he pulled it out of me too, though, Grant. Yeah. I mean, it was it was both. We both did both because you know these songs on the record, like Sandy, and that for me it was really fun to like. I might have helped Dan be a little more vulnerable, and he might have helped me have a little more swagger, yep. you know. And so, well, that is what happened. So, it was so funny because like we were listening to the playback of Sandy, which I love. Not my favorite song. I mean, I think it's great and it's fun. It's a fun tune. But like to hear Jeff, like he did. That's all. That that thing at the end. That's all. I've never played anything. And so, like listening to the playback, just like, 
holy shit, yeah. this is pretty rocking. Yeah. yeah. It was just like to see your expression. It was just like, because yeah. that was like the not the first time you did anything that you felt great about, but it was just like, it was something oh, yeah. that was very different than yeah. you'd ever connected with yeah. before. And fun. And it was because, like priceless yeah. to just watch. It's like, yeah. Dude, this yeah. kind of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I I love this because you you guys bring out these sides of each yeah, other that you I, exactly I mean, that's the thing yeah that that you wouldn't you wouldn't have seen otherwise oh, yeah and it's 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 super cool and it's super it's super unique and like you said earlier it creates the Scarlet Goodbye sound mm-hmm. you know like all these Jeff songs go in and they come out of Scarlet mm-hmm. Goodbye songs these Dan songs go in and they come out of Scarlet Goodbye songs and there is there is something about being more than some of your parts having people to bounce it off yeah. of. And people that you trust in the room as far as musicians, like you said, you recorded this live and then you caught most of it on the first take. Well, not the first take necessarily, but, but like in the first yeah. hour. Yeah. yeah. In the first hour for sure. But also you never know, Grant, like you could write with a hundred people and there'd be no chemistry. You know what I yeah. mean? For however this happened, there was just this weird way it fit, you know? And This is all over the place because Jeff was playing this guitar line one time and I was like, what is that, dude? And he was like, I don't know. And I said, I just put it on my phone. Yep. And it turned into the, the song Charity. It was like the yep. beautiful finger picking thing. Yep. And I was like, like, yeah. why is this not a song, you know? It's, but it was just yeah. like, a, you were just sitting there getting a sound up on a mic. Noodling. Or yeah. And I was yeah, like, noodling. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's, you know, Jeff has a nice, um, humble, but it's beautiful studio with like mid grade stuff, but it's like such a welcome place to be up there. It's just very casual. And like I've, told Jeff this before but like my fear and one of my least liked things about the music business was like being in a studio in LA that was 2800 bucks a day so yeah. every day like what do you get done you know yep. and it's just so nice to sit somewhere where you can be there for 4 hours or you can be there for 40 minutes if it's not going well and there's like no back end on like you know what, what, what you know so it, it was just it sounds naive, but it's like it was liberating to me to to say that there's a space that exists. You can go write music and record music, and no one's looking over your shoulder wondering how it's going. Well, yeah, and because you probably weren't allowed to write music in the studio back then for twenty eight hundred a day. Like you got to well, be we, like we needed a rock song, and I remember and Dave kind of whipped together somebody to shove. That was a good book. Like, oh wow, this, this record's kind of you know so like at the last minute, and I was like. I don't know if he had it sitting around, but you know, we did some of that. I and mean, we were in the '90s. It was a very excessive business. So, like, yeah. I think I was in LA for five months, staying in a hotel, making a record that didn't even do that well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> which you know ha- happens, and it's it's just the big wigs that didn't get their payday. Yeah, right? like, yeah. Oh, I think they did. They That's probably a good did. point. They, somebody didn't, but they did. Yeah. It's called an unrecoupable advance. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry for my naivety. No, no, that, but that that means you don't have to pay them back if it doesn't do. Oh, well. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So, yeah. Well, take the money and run, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, nothing nothing wrong with that. Well, we've uh, we've mentioned where the people can find find the record and uh, and all of that. Is there anywhere people can come and see you all play in these coming days? You got shows lined yeah, up? Yeah, we've got we're playing at Palmer's has an outdoor thing uh, behind Palmer's, a cool outdoor area, and they're opening that on May sixth. We're playing with this band, Run Westy Run. If you've ever had them up here, Grant, they're cool. Old friends of Dan, the Johnson brothers, Craig yeah. and Kirk. And so we've got that show in the Twin Cities. Then if you just go to the website, anybody goes to scarletgoodbye.com. We've got shows kind of all over the north. And then we're playing back in Minneapolis in August at that hook and ladder canopy. That oh, fun. Canopy with a band, with Turn, 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 Turn. turn. I think they, their yeah. record's really yep. good, too. That's a yeah. great record. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. with it. Yep. And yeah. so we're doing that. So we'll be up north. We'll be around down here. We've got an acoustic show in September out in Excelsior at the 318. We're playing in Superior with Rich Madsen. Yep. On, on May 26th. So we've got some stuff going. If you go to scarletgoodbye.com, you can check it out. Oh, I haven't told you this yet. It's not a fact, but Rich wants to come up and maybe play a Neil Young song with us. Maybe like, I was thinking Don't Be Denied is a good one. So if pick- Grant's okay, I'm okay. I mean, you know... <laughs> I'll pick one that has no more than four chords, all right? Yeah, yeah. totally cool. Any Neil Young songs have more than four? I mean, I don't know. And I like I like all four that he picks. Yeah. Wouldn't matter to me. Yeah. That is that is true. Sometimes he gets away with two. He's he, uh, he does. Yeah. He, he That's an art, man, and he can get away with Down it. Down by the river. Do you think we ought to try this angel dust, or what do you think? Uh, oh. Tune yeah. that thing. Tune in. Well, we are we are live with the Scarlet Goodbye. I'm glad you're here. Scarlet Goodbye is Daniel Murphy and Jeff Arendelle. 
And uh, as they were just saying, they're going to be playing at Palmer's on May, May 6th. Thank you very yeah, much. May 6th. May 6th at Palmer's. They got uh, Superior, Wisconsin at Earth Rider Brewery with Rich Madsen and the All-Stars. That'll be a good show, May 26th. And then the Hook and Ladder gig in August with Turn, Turn, Turn. <laughs> this, uh... I, I don't I don't want to say this in a in a bad way, but it's it's like the uh, the second coming of the '90s Minnesota artists. You know what I mean? The weird thing about that is like before I went out and toured, I thought every town had a music scene like Minneapolis had in the '80s even. Yeah. You know? It's like when you go to like Cincinnati, and it was not so much. You know. Wild. But yeah, Minneapolis has always been for the size of the city. There's been a lot of you know. I guess it's like four decades now. I think the '80s was really strong too, you know. Hundred percent. Prince, the Replacements, Who's Could Do. Oh yeah. It's, you know, yeah. the Jets. The Jets. Found out I got a crush on you. <laughs> now, Grant, this is a rock tune. We played it a couple times acoustically and had kind of a lot of fun. So I think we had to try and hack it out here. Take it and away. up at the Taekwondo studio. Let's go jujitsu on this thing. No <laughs> apologies. Do it. it doesn't go on. <laughs> Two, three, four. Is it starting now to get real for you somehow? That's another kick-ass song, guys. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> it's uh, it's almost like you played in rock bands before or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, I it's weird playing that on acoustic guitar. I kind of like it, but it's weird. Yeah, you know? it it still grooves though. It still grooves. I mean, acoustic guitars are still percussive instrument, instruments, oh, yeah. right? At so, the end of the day, yeah, thank yeah. God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can still you can still make them sing still, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Be, be not the hell so much in that last example. A <laughs> 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 little bit of grit. That's, yeah. Uh, that Grant. That he. We have a lyric in there. It's dances. Angel dust across the northern skies. Yeah. I just love that lyric. That's now a good again, line. it's like it's like an ode to Billy Joel. I don't know what it means exactly, <laughs> but I like it. It's kind of thinking of northern lights. Well, it's anthemic. Yeah. It's like yeah. I mean, what is angel dust? It's something like people took in the seventies and like they like got kicked off the basketball team. You know? <laughs> well, well, to me, in the in this song, angel dust is a woman. Yes. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's like. No does, but across across the northern skies, you know, I can see the people in Isani going, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent across. I, yeah, I I was, I didn't want to be sitting down for that yeah. thing. I'm married, I'm married to the board over here, man. That was that was such a kick ass song. Uh, so you got this new record out, Hope's Eternal, which we're gonna listen to front to back for everybody here in uh, in a minute. Cool. Which yeah. you won't believe we're coming up on the end of our time already. Oh, yeah. Isn't isn't it nuts how fast how fast this flies? Well, you're very good at your job. You're very personable, and uh, you have. A uh, nice little setup here. It's odd visually, but <laughs> I mean, and this from a guy who's been on like Letterman and all this. You yeah, know, I mean, yeah. he knows what he's talking about here. I'll, I'll take this it. guy. Well, thank, thanks, yeah. man. Thank you. I I appreciate it. I uh, you know, I'm never I'm never good with compliments. I don't think many well, people are, but nice to have us come by, and it was a very enjoyable hour. So thank you. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure to have you. This has been a lot of fun. I am excited for the folks to to hear Hope's Eternal in its entirety. Is there anything else you want to say about the record before we before we kind of throw it on? Because we got we got a few minutes. To spare here um i'm done after angel dust <laughs> dan's quitting but no. i uh, not again i'm gonna tell you that we're actually have four or five new songs too which you know now we're angel dust or i mean uh, hopes eternals out and we dan and i are continuing on now that we got the scarlet goodbye sound yeah and we went to a recording so, studio that's called uh Creation Audio. It's like on 25th and Nicollet. It's been there like literally since the 80s. Yeah. And it still looks like 1983. But we went in there and recorded some tracks with the guy Steve that still owns the studio. It was actually really fun. We recorded the all 12 tracks on the on the record and you know in a room that's maybe the quarter the size of this with everybody in close proximity but it was kind of fun to go in and have like a you know designated drum booth and stuff but i think jeff and i decided after listening to the four tracks that we're going to go back to the yeah. way we used to do it yeah <laughs> you know what can it you works. say yeah. it works yeah yeah when it works when when the recipe works you get yeah when the recipe works you gotta right? keep you gotta doing keep it, doing it. Yeah. yeah that's what i think you, you you've created a you've created a cool sound it's got a warm sound on the record even though it's still rocking and rolling mm. there's still a warmth there right like the, I'm, you didn't record this to tape, right? This is this is still, no, but no, yeah. today you use tape simulation. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, it's, yeah. It's still yeah. got that warm analog uh-huh. type yep. of sound to it. Yep. So you, you did a really good job all around. You Thank brought you. in you brought in the right musicians to make these songs cool. really shine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not telling you anything you don't know because you you wouldn't have put. I don't think you guys would have put out a subpar product. No. I don't think it's in you. I don't That's think it's the next theory. record. <laughs> 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 Subpar product yeah. by Scarlet Goodbye. Uh, oh man! Well, I I gotta say classic. it's it, <laughs> classic Murphy. Oh, it it has been an absolute blast having you on. I uh, I can't wait to hear what you do next and and what uh, what comes out of Scarlet Goodbye in the future. And uh, folks, we're gonna take a second thank some sponsors, and then we're gonna play Hope's Eternal. I'm gonna shut up for a little bit. I think people have heard enough of my voice for a minute, and uh, let you let you boys get on your way. But thanks again for coming. Thank up. you, Grant. Thank you. Thank you so you. much. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Here, we're going to thank some sponsors. We'll be right back. I'm glad you're here.